you're listening to Rights and Brands podcast. Today I have with me author Riikka Suominen and I'm her literary agent Lena Stina Kakko. We'll be talking about Riikka's debut novel Monogamish in Finnish. It's going to be called Suhteellisen Vapaata. Thank you Riikka for accepting my invitation to come and talk to us about your upcoming book. Thank you for inviting me. This is the very first interview I give about my book and this is all very exciting. <laughs> yes, we are now in, in mid-January and your book will only be published in a month's time. Um, it's an honor for us to be the first interview for you. So the publication date will be actually on Valentine's Day. Um, there's a reason to this and it did make me smirk when I heard the publication date. Because your debut is definitely not a conventional romantic love story that um, you tend to get for Valentine's Day. Instead, I, I could say that it's um, refreshingly anarchistic even, and also a realistic novel about a woman whose name is Clara. And together with her husband, she decides to have an open marriage. One could say that in this book, you throw all the convention of monogamous relationship and marriage out of their bedroom window. I have to start with asking why and how did you end up writing about this subject? I'm very curious about love, sex and relationships. And it looks like I'm not alone. There is huge amount of articles, programs, advices, uh, and experts on, on that topic. Uh, and it's not, nowadays, it's not only uh, in women's magazines or reality TV, but also in so-called serious uh, media, like New York Times has a weekly newsletter uh, that's called Love Letter on, on that topic. Yeah. So uh, we people are very curious about about love, sex, and relationships, and uh, and I I try to read them all, <laughs> but it's uh, older I get, the more difficult it gets, because I I realize that I don't really share the the ground idea on on how the love and marriage and also also uh, sex is described in in most of these articles, uh, there is uh, a lot of things are taken for granted, like uh, people um, must be monogamous uh, or relationship must be, must be, and there is a kind of ownership uh, in, in living as a couple that I, I don't really get. I've never been jealous in my whole life. I, I don't think that you ever own your partner, you don't own people even if you love them. And, and out of this uh, no, uh, disagreement with common modern uh, rules of love, sex and relationships, I, I, I wanted to write a book about it. Yeah, the first time we talked about your book, I could sense almost a frustration against this sort of um, major agenda of how relationships are, are portrayed? Uh, I'm, I'm frust 
I, I understand why, 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 why they are portrayed in that way, because many people want, want them to be on that way. But, but we have uh, nowadays individual thinking is encouraged in most of topics mm -hmm. and people are extremely uh, critical on most of things, even absurd things like vaccination or flat earth things and, and absurd things. But, but very few people uh, put into question that our love life is it's just a construction. It's, uh, we have decided together that we live in couples. It's out of question that we'd, we, we would live in loving three, like groups of three people. Uh, but, but we live in couples and it's, uh, if you love someone else outside of this coupledom, that's cheating and it's bad. Even if it's loving feelings towards another human being, but it's very bad because it's only a couple where you are allowed to have these feelings. And I am frustrated that, that we control love <laughs> so strictly mm -hmm. because uh, love and affection are positive things and we should have more of that in, in the world and not less. And uh, if we control this a little bit less, I think uh, world would be better. <laughs> but um, you're a journalist by profession. What made you write fiction, a novel, rather than non-fiction or a series of articles or, or something else? Go on TV and be a, a host <laughs> for a, a talk show on relationships. I, I'm, not, I'm not an expert on <laughs> love, sex or relationships. I'm just a curious person. Uh, also, I think that if I've written a uh, a guidebook to non-monogamous non relationships, you wouldn't have invited me. Uh, and also, I, 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 don't, I don't think that we need more facts about love, sex and relationships. We need more inspiration. More and stories. More stories and more fun. Um, and also, I, I hope that, uh, that if the story, if it's... Uh, if you can identify yourself with the story and the characters, uh, it hopefully gives you ideas and uh, yeah, food for thought. Yes, and it's, uh, your, your story is definitely, uh, it's easy to identify with the main character and it's also very, very entertaining. It's, it's really fun to read. Uh, let's recap shortly what your novel is about and about its main character, Clara. So Clara is in her late 30s and she's a mother to a four-year-old girl. She really deeply loves her husband and things are actually quite well in their marriage in, in general. They have a lovely and fairly secure life in, in the middle of Helsinki. They have a nice apartment. Um, as a couple, they com uh, kind of complement each other uh, in their relationship and also as parents to, to a small child. They still have good time together, they laugh together, they really like each other, but there is no spark whatsoever left in the bedroom. It's actually painful for Clara. For her, sex is like a, a chore. A really, She's very reluctant towards it. Um, it's a nagging responsibility that just comes up uh, every so often. And it really, she feels distressed when she anticipates that her husband will initiate sex. Um, and which, that doesn't even happen that often. 
um, but she still dreads the thought beforehand and during sex she feels detached and then after afterwards she's just really relieved that it's the duty is done and she won't have to even think about it for for a while and we actually know if we look at research and, and, and experts who talk about love and, and sex life, we know that Clara's situation is not that uncommon at all. It's quite common for women to suffer um, lack of sexual desire when they are in a long relationship. And you seem to address this question, why lack of desire is, is thought of as a sexual disorder when it is actually proven to be this common. And why do we just accept that that's the way it is and we don't look for solutions except then divorce or breakup? So it's, it's kind of very black and white situation like you described just, just earlier. Am I right in interpreting that these are at least partly the questions you want to raise with this novel? Definitely, yes. yes. Uh, I also, because this... Uh, I think that the main main couple they are really they are really nice people they are they are really nice couple uh, they are smart well educated and they they do everything right also they try to uh, improve their sex life uh, even if she is uh, like like you described she isn't that enthusiastic but she tries hard they go for a holiday uh, only them two in order to improve their sex life, but it's it's hard work, and that's part of the uh, current uh, story about how our love life uh, is organized. You should work on it. Uh, you improve it by working on it, and I I strongly uh, wonder if passion and desire are a question of hard work. And, and at least in, in, the, in this couple's case, it, it doesn't really work. Uh, but but they, they do everything by the book. And still there, it's very flat <laughs> in the bedroom. <laughs> the sex life is, is pretty flat. And, and uh, um, like you listed up all those areas where they complement each other. They are good parents together. They share household work and they encourages other discovery uh, carriers and they um, they try to be good members of, <laughs> of, of the community and so on but uh, since uh, since uh, relationships and marriages are uh, they are optional nowadays no one needs to be married even women for for first time in the history women can choose if they want to be married uh, but and and it's, it uh, puts a lot of pressure on the, on the construction, because it's voluntary. If you are not happy, then you leave. Uh, even if you have children, it's possible to, to break up, but then you have to uh, validate it all the time. Is this good enough? Is there spark uh, enough? Is this uh, what I need? Is this what I want? Uh, she is in her late 30s. I, am I going to live with this flat sex life for next maybe 50 years? It's a long time. And uh, modern marriages combine a lot of components and, uh, um, and it makes it 
very very difficult <laughs> to to uh, that all those components uh, would be work working perfectly, perfectly. Yeah. yes yeah. and also also when um, as long as women couldn't get divorced uh, not not uh, all the men either uh, having affairs were, was more accepted because you were stuck with that person anyway it's more it was more a convenient arrangement that you raised children together you shared the the farm together <laughs> or you hunting together what whatever but nowadays it's only love and then then there must be a lot of love if that's the only foundation of of the of the marriage and uh, uh, but now when it's voluntary and then the monogamy is an essential part of it. Uh, and that's, I think this uh, uh, monogamy makes uh, relationships very fragile because there is always this threat of some, one of the, one of the, the people falling in love to a wrong person. And and then that happens regularly. We all know it, so we we see the shadow of <laughs> of uh, potential affair looming somewhere. And that if 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 a, a relationship relies on uh, faithfulness in the meaning of of uh, not any of persons falling in love outside the marriage. That's, uh, that makes it fragile. If, if we tolerated more love outside the marriage, more flings outside the marriage, more one-night stands outside the marriage, the marriage would be stronger uh, because uh, we would value everything that's in there. The parenthood, the shared responsibilities, the companionship, the friendship. Uh, but but uh, as long as, as it's so crucial that it's monogamous that makes it more fragile. Yeah, and also if you break that monogamy, then you also must give up on the companionship, the friendship, the, the, the sharing the parenthood and, and all that, according to the sort of the current... Uh, Clara doesn't agree. Clara does not agree. <laughs> um, and actually the trigger for change in, in, in Clara's story is when her childhood friend dies of cancer and she sort of realizes it's time to live to the fullest and it starts at a company Christmas party she kisses a colleague later she suggests that they could have this sort of a French affair but actually this guy declines I was wondering why because Clara is such a nice person and also apparently very good looking but anyway that's what happens in the in the book but it does open a possibility in her mind and after having given some thought um, it's actually she who suggests, suggests to her husband that they should maybe try out an open relationship. She's quite nervous to do this and quite surprised when her husband sort of jumps on this chance. And together they agree on the conditions of, of how to do this because it's important to have some sort of rules. And the important rule is to have total honesty 
between them. So they can share information about their affairs casually, they can talk about them. Um, how does this arrangement work for these characters and how do they avoid jealousy? You said you've never been jealous, but quite a few people are. Uh, I think that they're, why they are careful that we must have rules is that uh, they also recognize the, the amount of rules and control that our love life is surrounded with uh, and and they then they look around at okay no one else is having an open <laughs> relationship can we really do this are we allowed to do this okay but we must be careful which i think that the rules come from there that okay this this is such a untouched territory that we try to control it somehow and they they list up rules uh, and uh, is it also because you can never be 100% sure what the other person is thinking or interpreting that you need to sort of set down the rules and then you're on the same page? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, personally, I wonder that, that I've never set up rules in my normal <laughs> relationships mm. with, with boyfriends. And, and, and I, I wonder why, why we take so many things in so-called normal marriages, normal relationships for granted, maybe there also could be in its place to have rules just to be on the same page. And like you say, we can never know what the other person has in mind, what's, what's like if, if for Clara the uh, normal accepted uh, frequency for sex was four times a year, that maybe could have been a good thing to put on paper or, <laughs> or talk through before. <laughs> They started their marriage, but but you seldom do this. But these these people in the in the book, these characters, they are smart. They they set up rules, and and also there uh, in their history when they met um, some six years before this crisis ends up to to open open marriage, uh, they dated very casually, so they kind of return to this early stage of their relationship, even though they are a family. And didn't Clara sort of warn her husband to be that it's happened to her before when she's in a long-term relationship, she loses her interest, interest. in sex. Yes. And, yes, and she's not alone. A lot of, people, lot of women do this. They're quite brave because they do talk about it directly and... and Otherwise, yeah. the story wouldn't go no. on in my book. They must be brave. <laughs> so uh, let's continue what happens in the story. Uh, when Clara and her husband, they start Tinder dating and having sex with other people, what happens is that the spark actually returns in their bedroom too. It turns Clara on to, to imagine what her husband has done with other women. Are you saying this is the way to save a marriage in our reality where statistically every third person has an affair and every second marriage ends in divorce? Uh, I've been very inspired by uh, sex therapist uh, Esther Perel. She is a fascinating, uh, experienced uh, counselor or therapist and her thesis is that it's very difficult to combine intimacy, 
closeness and uh, and uh, and at the same time uh, desire and spark and that uh, passion and desire needs more distance and more unknown elements than an uh, normal close open uh, warm uh, relationships gives and uh, in her book mating in captivity she goes through this this problem that that couples are very close to each other they are very honest to each other they they try hard to be good to each other they have a lot of intimacy but there is no passion or no desire really and that's especially true for women but once you put their more distance and more um, uncertainty and and more um, then there is more space for for discovering each other again and that's what happens to to Clara and her her husband that there is more space for discoveries and she is turned on by by him being a little bit unknown again because she can uh, see him with other women's eyes and he is fantastic. We also get to meet um, Clara's friends in the book. And, and like you said, when Clara and her husband first look around, they don't see anyone else doing what they're doing. Um, Clara's friends are, are also women in their late 30s. It's a group of, of uh, women who have different relationship statuses. and and also quite different ideas and opinions about love life and, and sex. And through her friends, you kind of explore these different ways of, of talking about relationships. Uh, you have the type who is quite conservative, maybe quite shocked about Clara's uh, decision. Um, then you have friends who are sort of more open to this idea and, and, and uh, keep courage to, to Clara and, uh, well, mainly to Clara, of course, because they're her friends. Um, was this a way to sort of get more uh, points of views or more ideas and explore the, how, how this subject is, is talked about in society? I think that we also leave our relationship in a context. We, we, uh, we uh, are individuals, but uh, uh, we are members of communities. We are we live in a social context, and we, I I think that we are not that individual than we think. Sometimes that also our our choices, our personal uh, choices of relationships, also they reflect on our surroundings. Uh, if all your friends are getting married, uh, you attend 15 weddings in two years, you start to look around uh, with like wedding eyes. <laughs> Who can I walk on uh, with? Uh, and that's, uh, these Clara is very close with, with her friends and that's what they've uh, uh, grown up together. Uh, they know each other, spouses, partners, and uh, that reflects uh, on on her choices too. There is also one friend who is single since very long time. She has big difficulties understanding someone 
having everything she is longing for and then throwing it out of bedroom window. Uh, and, and then there is this uh, conservative friend who is... Uh, I, I think, I think uh, their, their advices, their concerns are out of uh, well-meaning. They, they want well, they want her best. They are just concerned that she is uh, uh, looking for trouble. She has a lot of good things in her life. She has nice husband, uh, steady family life, and now she is shaking the boat, uh, looking for trouble. Uh, maybe some of those concerns expressed in, in, uh, from friends are because they, they don't want their life to be shaken. They want nice family dinners continue as they were. They don't want to put into question their choices. Maybe they are afraid that their eyes will open too, or their husband's eyes. Maybe. So you mentioned already Esther Perel as, a, as an inspiration. Are there other writers or thinkers or, or familiar names that you've been inspired by when you formulated your ideas on sex and relationships while writing this book? Esther Perel is definitely one of those. Uh, then there is an author called Laura Kipnis, uh, whose book uh, Against Love is wonderful. I've been thinking about these these topics for for quite some times when I when I found it uh, I think it's like 10 years old book and I, oh my god someone has already written down this everything so so well uh, she she wonders why we are so eager to control love uh, and her uh, her conclusion is that that love is like sex and drugs that also are very controlled by the society. It's such a powerful force that we feel that that must be controlled in order to keep people in their places. Um, also, there is a podcast uh, called uh, Savage Lovecast by Dan Savage. And um, it's actually funny that the, the English name of the book is monogamish because that's exactly how Dan Savage describes his uh, marriage. Not sure if he's married to his partner, but his relationship is monogamish. They are mostly together, but if something happens, that's not the end of the world. Uh, in Finnish, the name is my book's name is more like relatively free, which uh, uh, describes the uh, this. Um, main characters uh, looking for freedom and more more freedom to to her her life but uh, yes Esther Perel Laura, Laura Kipnis and Dan Savage are definitely three international inspiration for me and this freedom that Clara gets in her sex life it actually the change it it makes it's quite startling um, from someone who thinks that sex is a dull responsibility, she quickly turns into a woman who thinks about sex constantly, um, fantasizes about strangers that she meets on public transport and so forth. And she does explore her desire uh, when she travels in different European cities and meets different kinds of men. Your the portrayal of, of sex between Clara and these uh, partners, it's, it's very realistic. 
also it's it's not all about hot sex uh, although there is definitely quite a lot of that as well but there are also embarrassing encounters and things that go wrong and and make you embarrassed or or make you laugh or maybe both but essentially you question the idea of measuring love and and its integrity against monogamy like we've discussed here um but then what happens to Clara herself is that she actually realizes she might also be prone to confusing great sex with maybe not love, but at least a, a serious crush. Um, can you once more sort of explain how you see these subjects intertwined, love, sex, and then the notion of infidelity? to sort of summarize mm. the mm. idea. I think what happens to her is that uh, that mind-blowing sex is a strong force and that uh, takes her and it's difficult to to know if it's crush or love or what but but it's very very strong force and then of course there's a question okay was was did exactly happen what what everyone was warning about you open up your your marriage and that what's happened someone falls in love uh, but uh, um, but I am mm, what's my conclusion I, I, um, uh, at the end of the at the end of the book uh, she realized that uh, unlike we are told in love stories, movies, uh, from experts in magazines, uh, love, sex, and and living as a couple, they they might be different things, and that's that's. Uh, so the great sex can be just great sex. It can be just great sex. You don't need to marry the guy for yeah. that. Also, you can love someone deeply and be happy for him having great sex elsewhere. Also, she realized that uh, she's been marinated in love stories all her life, like uh, I've been and I think many women have been. We've seen Pretty Woman, we've seen Bodyguard where the airplane stops because love is so powerful. and. Uh, uh, Unconsciously, I wonder if I, I myself haven't been looking for this kind of experience and more trouble and more obstacles there are on the way, the more likely that the airplanes will stop because this, this narrative needs a very big and happy end. And if you are chasing for happy ends, uh, sometimes it comes, 90% of times it doesn't. But also after the happy end, there is maybe 40 years of marriage. And then you have to live with that. Uh, so, yeah. You, and you can't have uh, multiple times of airplanes stopping in your marriage every six months. Good luck if you, if you have, but many of us don't. <laughs> Well, thank you, Rika, for, for your bold thought-giving and also sharp, sharply hilarious novel. 
and which endorses sexual desire and importance of sex in people's lives. And thank you for coming today and, and sharing your thoughts with us. Thank you for inviting me. And thank you all for listening. <laughs>